You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and on today's show, joined by one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, on with us. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Before we get started, we are three riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, what is up? Thank you to everybody who bared with us yesterday. I am currently in Hawaii, so recording has not been the easiest thing to do, but I am here in Hawaii recording for you guys with David and John. Happy to be back with you guys. Should have a show for tomorrow, too, but... A lot to get into today. Before we get started, let me just send a special thank you to anyone who is checking out the show for the first time. Please bear with my audio if it sounds any different today. I'm doing the best I can. But another thank you to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again today. If you guys don't already, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And that's the easiest way to get our daily format and to make sure you don't miss a show. All right, guys, well, on today's show, we're going to be continuing our free agent binge, and we're talking today about our favorite free agent fits for the Chargers, the guys that we are looking forward most to the Chargers potentially targeting in free agency. So in the second segment, we're going to start with the offensive side of the ball. I'll give you a hint. Mine are all offensive linemen. I will maybe throw in one little other one as well. But to to wrap up the show, we're going to be getting into the defensive side of things and getting into our favorite free agents on the defensive side of the ball as well. I think tomorrow we'll probably be doing some bargain free agents as well as we head into the weekend. But we're going to start the show by talking about the fact that Hunter Henry was informed that he was not going to be tagged by the Chargers. And it's seeming like it's going to be less and less likely that he re-signs before the free agency period starts. So that's definitely something to monitor. And then we'll also just get into the Chargers officially receiving their compensatory pick for losing Phillip Rivers. But let's go ahead and get into it. Adam Schefter reported that the Chargers have informed tight end Hunter Henry that he will not be tagged per source. Henry is headed to free agency. So right now, the Chargers could do something like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did with Shaquille Barrett. They could re-sign him right now and bring him back on a contract but at the same time does hunter henry have any incentive to not try to test the free agency waters right so david it's not too late for the chargers to get a deal done with hunter henry but right now he is headed to free agency and the other thing is is at his position he's the hottest commodity yeah absolutely he is there's going to be several suitors he is one of the younger tight ends that are going to be on the market. He's definitely one of the more complete tight ends on the market. He's a guy that you feel very comfortable throwing the football to. You know he's going to be a good blocker both in pass protection and in the running game as well. He is, uh, I mean, he's not been super overly productive. He's not been a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle. He's not put up those type of numbers, but he's put up some respectable numbers. The only thing you really have to worry about with Hunter Henry, obviously, is the injury history. So teams might be a little bit wary of that, but 
I think he did make himself some money here this year by mostly being able to stay healthy besides the COVID-19 scare towards the end of the season. So Hunter Henry right now, Daniel, it just doesn't seem very likely that there's any traction there. I mean, yes, the Chargers like to keep their cards close to the vest and they do not like to give out any type of information, but there's not even any whispers that this could potentially come together. There's just no conversations by anybody coming out that they're that they're talking or trying to move towards a contract negotiation. So as we get closer to that, you know, tampering deadline on the 15th, it seems increasingly likely that Hunter Henry could be wearing a different jersey next season. It does, and Telesco likes to sign his own guys, and I mean, before the season started, we didn't really hear much about Joey Bosa or Keenan Allen, right? Those were pretty held close to the vest. We didn't really see them coming. He got both of those deals done, and can you imagine this free agency cycle of both of those guys were unrestricted free agents like we thought they might be, right? I mean, that would be pretty crazy to think about right now, but with Hunter Henry, Yes, he has big injury history. Like You can't fully trust that he's going to be able to stay on the field for all 16 games. And you have to weigh that with also thinking about the fact that how many teams can you think of that have a good tight end, right? I mean, as you guys are listening to this, there's only a handful. I mean, there's the Travis Kelseys, obviously. There's the George Kittles. I mean, you even have some other guys coming on like Robert Tanyan, but... Tight ends that are productive are very hard to find, especially, you know, all around tight ends who can block and receive as well, because some of those guys aren't the best blockers either. So it is something that is very tough to find, especially coming out of the draft, because there are so many differences between tight ends in the college game and tight ends in the NFL. You just have to do so much more. So I do think it is very interesting. I think the Chargers would have a very tough time replacing him, John. And if they do sign him, obviously that's going to take up a pretty healthy chunk out of their salary cap space. And we know that the salary cap has now been set at $182.5 million. The Chargers are sitting in a very healthy cap space, but you have to sign Michael Davis. You have to make upgrades to the offensive line. There's a lot of things they have to try to get done during this free agency period and not really pigeonhole themselves as they head into the draft. And Hunter Henry more and more likely seems like he's going to be a casualty because of those things. Well, especially since you didn't uh, use the franchise tag, now it's going to be what kind of contract he wants. Long, He's going to want a long-term deal. And unless you're able to really shuffle money around or something, it's going to be a big, bigger cap hit probably than that franchise tag was. I saw an ESPN article that ranked like the top 100 available free agents, and Hunter Henry was overall number two Ugh. on that list. Ow. So <laughs> he's probably going to be getting a pretty good amount of money that the Chargers are not going to be able to live up to just because of the cap hit situation this year with I think if it was a regular cap hit I think they probably had a better job getting a a deal done but because of this COVID situation I just feel like that's the one thing that's keeping this from getting done but there is some other options I mean you could trade for somebody you could draft someone sign a free agent one thing I thought would be a, a fun little topic for us today would be someone like a O.J. Howard, people usually want to get pieces of a Super Bowl team, and he's kind of like dropped below. He had the Gronk, the Cameron Brates, and then there's O.J. Howard, and he's coming off of an injury, so I'm sure he's going to want to prove himself somewhere. Why not maybe trade for him? I think his cap hit was only going to be like $6 million for 2021. You could probably get him for a fifth or sixth round pick. I wonder what you guys thought about that. I mean, I think as far as, you know, the team and the guy you're trading for, it could make sense if they bring back Gronkowski, they still have Brait, 
it would make sense, you know, for them to potentially move on. But both of those guys are getting older, too. Maybe they see him as the young guy in the wings that's ready to kind of take over because Gronk can't play forever, even though, I mean, he looked pretty good last year. I would be very interested in trying to target a guy like that who might be underutilized in his scheme. Definitely a guy who fits the athletic profile. But David, as you talked about before the show, I mean, the max receptions in a season 34, two different seasons. I mean, obviously numbers aren't everything. You would hope that maybe you could use him a little bit better. But the other big thing is obviously the ruptured Achilles, which I think is something that's hard to trade to another team when somebody's health is that uncertain. I don't even know if he would be able to pass the physical to come to the Chargers, right? Because it just happened last season. So I think that's an interesting concept. But the other couple of things I want to talk about right here really quickly is just not only is the salary cap 182.5 million, as David just sent me a picture, the Chargers rollover cap space will give them about 30, around $30 million in cap space. That's before they release Trey Turner, which will, you know, open up another $40 million. Plus, John, the cap hit for this year will probably be smaller, for Hunter Henry, because at least if you're doing a multi-year deal, the number in the first year is hardly ever what the annual average value is. I mean, you could be looking at a cap hit for Henry this year, which is like $8 million, which might be more attractive to them than, you know, a franchise tag of $12.7 million. But the Chargers do have about $30 million in cap space as of now. They can get close to 50 if they end up cutting Casey Hayward, I mean, even Chris Harris Jr., Limbaugh Joseph are both guys that could be candidates. So they have a chance to open up some more salary cap. But the other news we got is that the Chargers officially have the 97th overall pick in the draft due to the compensatory pick they got from letting Phillip Rivers go last season and the contract that he ended up signing with the Colts. And now, David, the Chargers have nine draft picks officially. They're going to have four draft picks in the top 100 picks of the draft, so they will have a chance to add some serious talent on the first couple of days. This is a rare opportunity for the Chargers to utilize those four top 100 picks to really replenish this roster and uh, uh, really go get some talent on the offensive line to get some better talent in special teams, some areas. This, these nine draft picks right here are going to help the Chargers you know, keep that cap number low because you got a lot of guys that are going to be on rookie deals and hopefully fill a lot of holes. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, <laughs> it does it have to be a third round pick, right, for Tom Telesco? Like the one pick that seems to always curse him seems to come in the third round. I mean, no matter whether you're talking about a guy like Chris Watt or Max Turk or Craig Mager, even, you know, going back further. I mean, so yeah, many. We get misses. to have two Chris Watts this year or Dan Feeney. As long as, they, I mean, third-round offensive linemen for the Chargers never work out, right? So maybe get your offensive linemen in the first couple of rounds and actually uh, put some dividends in there so it can actually pay off for you later on in the season when you're trying to protect Justin Herbert. But we do have two more segments to get into because we are getting into our free agency frenzy. So today, we're looking at our favorite guys in free agency, looking at some of the guys we think could fit best, not only for the Chargers offensively with the offensive line, but some players that could fit well with Brandon Staley in his new defense he's bringing to the team. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys if there's ever any auto part that you need, and I haven't drilled it into your head yet, and I'm not doing my job, but the only place to go is rockauto.com because nobody wants to go into traditional chain storefronts and try to find the part that they need and talk to the guy at the counter. 
have him look some stuff up on the computer for 20 minutes to try to tell you whether or not they have the part. Just go to rockauto.com. They make it super simple. All you have to do is type in what type of car you have in the next couple of easy clicks. You could have that being delivered right to your door. You don't even have to leave your house. And the other thing I would suggest, if something does go wrong with your car and you have a mechanic give you a price on a part and you think it might be too expensive, always check rockauto.com because the chances are they're going to have a cheaper price for you so you can save some money that way as well. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and make sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I also need to tell you guys about the latest of a Built Bar Madness. The best protein bar in the world is having their March Madness tournament going on right now. We've been telling you about Built Bar and the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And they're all amazingly low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar, most importantly. And they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. And right now, guys, the bracket is heating up. They're doing a tournament to figure out which Built Bar is the best built bar out there on the market right now in today's matchups couple of good ones i mean caramel brownie versus cherry barcia ah, that's a pretty easy one for me i'm going caramel brownie all day there but all lemon day almond cheesecake versus carrot cake that one's tougher for me i like cheesecake i like carrot cake those are two pretty good bars i'm kind of upset that they have to meet this early on in the tournament think i'm going lemon almond cheesecake though i think i mean that, that's a really tough one but Right now, you guys can help figure out which one is going to be the best one. All you have to do is check out them on Twitter at bar underscore built to find out the latest going on in the brackets and try to help your favorite built bar get to the top and be named the best built bar out of a list of the best protein bars on the planet. So just because you guys are our listeners, if you guys want to go order some too, this is the best way to do it. You just go to the website builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON20, all caps, one word for 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get into some free agents. We've talked about a little bit here and there some of the free agents that the Chargers should be interested in, should be not interested in. But today I wanted to look at who we, are, we like in free agency and some of our favorite guys. And I want to start with the offense. And I think... Most of the players that we're going to want offensively revolve around the offensive line because I'm not trying to spring on any free agent wide receivers. The Chargers have a terrible past as far as bringing in free agent wide receivers. I think offensive line is obviously the most important position. Maybe tight end gets up there as well, given the Hunter Henry news and just the likelihood that he might not be back with the team. So, John, when you're looking at the free agents available to the Chargers in free agency, I mean... Obviously, a lot of them are going to cost a lot differently, but if you're just looking at the guys that you would want to bring in, if you had the choice, who's the first offensive guy you would go with? Well, I'd bring in Melvin Ingram at tight end, obviously, right? (laughs) (laughs) No question about it. Easy. Uh, 15 mil a season. For me, it would got to be Corey Lindsley. I think that's got to be the number one guy on my list. I I feel like he's going to be a difference maker at center if we got him, and then that's one less thing you have to worry about, and he has a former teammate already on the team on offensive line, which is something Stanley loves. He loves his connections, so teammate connections could probably be something as well, so you develop a little bit better chemistry on the offensive line. So I'm, I'm going to go Corey Lindsley with my first one. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think Corey Lindsley is probably somewhere on all of our list just because the center position for the Chargers has been so rough for so long. I mean, since Nick Hardwick, we talk about that all the time, but when there's just a position that makes so much sense and it, you won't have to totally break the bank for it potentially, 
I mean, I think that's where you have to go. He was definitely on my list. David, who's your first offensive player? My first offensive player is, of course, on the offensive line, and I'm going big fish hunting because I'm going for Joe Thune, the guard from the New England Patriots. Uh, This is also revenge for Adrian Phillips. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But, no, I just want this guy because he's one of the best at his position. I mean, the Chargers need to bring in premium talent to impact the offensive line. This is a guy who can come in right away and do just that. He played guard. He played center. He brings some versatility. We know how much the Chargers organization and Brandon Staley like versatility. Um, And he's just going to be a massive upgrade. I mean, of course, with that massive upgrade is going to come a massive cost, but it's time to start spending the type of money on premium players that are going to come in and make an impact immediately. That is Joe Thune. And he has not missed a game since becoming a third round draft pick in 2016. So, and he's going to be way out of the Chargers price range. <laughs> Probably. Well, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but Hey, this is guys that you love, right? I mean, of course, Joe Thune would be, a big get for the Chargers that might not let them fill out the rest of what they want to do in free agency as much as they want to. But at the same time, I mean, obviously you're getting a premier player at a position where you haven't gotten good play from. And obviously that's going to cost something, right? So I love Joe Thune, obviously, but my guy, I guess, since I have Lindsley, obviously Thune would be, you know, not as likely, but it would be a great fit. I like Larry Warford. I mean, he has the time with Joe Lombardi, who is going to be running the Chargers offense now. So the fit makes sense there. We've already seen him in what he looks like in what Joe Lombardi's offense should look similar to, at least. I think the fit makes sense. I think the fact that he didn't play last year is going to keep the price tag low. I think that's a pretty good fit for the Chargers if they want to try to address the offensive line. But recently, I mean, as in yesterday, Riley Reef got released. And I know Daniel Popper said, hey, you know, Chargers, look at this. You should be paying attention to this. That's an interesting name as well. I mean, I would definitely be interested in that. I know there was a lot of rumors, you know, Riley Reef for Desmond King when Desmond King was on the market to get traded. I was there for it then. I'm there for it now. I mean, I do think that he would fit with what the Chargers want and he would be obviously a big upgrade at left tackle than what they've had. I mean, even last year, first of all, availability, he's only missed three games or more once in a season. The most games he's ever missed is three games. Pretty much every other season is 14 to 16 games. But the other thing is, is he produced. I mean, last year, only one sack allowed, only committed one penalty in 567 pass blocking snaps, only allowed around 20 total pressures on the season. I mean, the guy played well for the Vikings last year. I think he would be a pretty decent guy to bring in a left tackle and definitely an upgrade over what you had. John, who would you go with next? Well, I'm going to go slightly a little bias here. I'm going to go with Go Army beat Navy, Alejandro Villanueva. Yes, sir. Uh, (laughs) I absolutely love this guy. I know he's a little bit on the aging side because he's 32, but I feel like he still has a lot of good football to play, and he doesn't have to be your long-term option just enough to get by until you draft all of your offensive linemen. And I don't think he's going to cost you too much either. I feel like this is a more realistic offer that you can get compared to like Thune and even Lindsay. I don't even know if Lindsay is going to be affordable, but centers I think this just one don't is. cost as much. I mean, it's probably going to be around 10 million per season from what I've seen. It possibly could be, but even then that's still going to be tight money. Cause you got to sign a bunch of guys. Well, Villanueva is going to cost more than that. He's going to be more than 10 million a season. Yeah. It's probably going to be around 15. 
I don't know. It's going to be kind of hard to get 15 million at age 32, though. Uh, I mean, there's just so Only many teams that need years. help on the offensive line. I mean, at least his projected numbers right now, somewhere between 12 and 14, 12 and 15 million a season. You know, so it's still going to be pricey. Dude, if you get that much money at the age of 32, then uh, you got a good agent. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I just I think it speaks more to teams just needing offensive line help and playing. You know, what's still thought of as the most important offensive line position i think the other thing too is like you see guys like trent williams playing good you know in his 30s you see guys like andrew whitworth playing good late 30s i mean good offensive tackles are who are durable i mean seem to play well plus this guy spent time in the army as well so like he didn't start the nfl to till much later so he has much less tread on the tire he's played very well for a you know high profile team he's definitely going to get 10 plus million. I mean, 10 would be the absolute bottom. I mean, that's what Brian Bulaga got with I mean, about the same age and much less injury history. David, anyone you want to touch on before we get to the defensive side? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, another guy on the offensive line that was actually a teammate of Alejandro Villanueva, and that is Matt Filer, uh, the guard who's 28 years old. He is uh, also another versatile guy. He played left guard, played right guard, also played some right tackle for the Steelers. A big uh, storied franchise, a guy that's been an integral part of that offensive line for the last four years. And, uh, you know, the guy that he's only 28 years old, he's got some some age on his side. He's a, a mauler. He's a nasty type of guy. I like the attitude that he brings. I would like to see that. And he would be an improvement at either guard spot. And I don't think this would cost very much money, actually. So I think it would be a smart move. Yeah, he's a guy, too, that seems to be a little bit lower profile than some of the other guys out there. Obviously, there's Gabe Jackson out there as well now on the interior of the offensive line. If the Chargers committed to improving the offensive line in free agency, there are plenty of guys out there to do that. That's what we've been saying all along. And, I mean, it remains true and is only going to become more true as the, you know we get closer. Obviously, Brandon Scherf comes off the market for, for Washington because they ended up franchise tagging him. They gave still, him $18 million, bro. Oh, my goodness. Back-to-back like, franchise tags are going to cost wow. you a pretty penny. I mean, even for Hunter Henry, I mean, part of the reason why it's $12.7 million is because it would be them doing it for the second year in a row. So, yeah, that that's a lot of money to pay a guard. But, anyways, we still have the defensive side of the ball to get into. So, in the next segment, we'll be talking about some of the defensive free agents we like most for the Chargers. Coming up right after this, but first I need to tell you guys, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Baseball is coming in hot as well, and I mean, right now it's March Madness, guys. It's my favorite time to bet on sports, and the time you're going to have the most action, if you want it, available on your TV screen. I mean, the time is now to get in on BetOnline.ag. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money from them, guys, to bet on whatever sports that you want. Even if you're into combat sports like boxing or you know UFC, you can find that on there as well. With free money to bet on, all you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, at betonline.ag. All right, guys, well, now it's time to flip it to the defensive side of the ball, and I'll start this one because I only got to give, I think, one in the last segment. But 
I think the best fit for the Chargers, this free agency on defense, especially with Brandon Staley coming in, is John Johnson III. I mean, I wrote an article about it, so I think I kind of have to stick to it in that sense. But I do think, you know, it just depends on what the price tag is going to be. Safety is going to be a need for the Chargers, especially depending on what happens with Rayshon Jenkins. Obviously, we haven't seen a contract extension for him. I mean, he could be looking to go to Las Vegas with the Raiders. There's a lot of things that could happen, but John Johnson, I think, would be a great fit for this team. We've already seen him have success in Brandon Staley's defense, and he's just a guy that's always around the ball. I mean, 30-plus defensive stops last year in 2020, had nine pass breakups. I mean, he's always contesting catches, and, you know, he brings a little bit of interception upside, too. Only nine in four seasons, but... Definitely a guy who's always around the ball. Definitely a guy that makes your defense better and more versatile. David, for the defensive side of things, I know, you know, John Johnson, you guys are a fan of too, but who would be your first person you would go with? Yeah, I love John Johnson, only 25 years old as well. To pair him with Derwin James would be incredible. It would be really exciting. But my guy is a guy coming over from the Ravens, a guy that I've actually admired from afar from a, for a few seasons now, and that's Matthew Judon. He's 28 years old. I just love the way he plays the game. I think he sets a physical edge. Uh, I think he's actually very good in coverage, and the numbers of, um, from PFF back that up from uh, the edge position. So a guy who can actually give you some versatility as far as that's concerned. And also a guy that brings some pass rush ability. He has 34 and a half sacks in five seasons. This is a guy who would bring some balance and also some quality at the defensive end position behind Joey Bosa. Yeah, we know the team can use another outside linebacker, right? So I think if you're seeing a guy that can play a little bit of coverage as well, you like that ability to be able to bring him in and have a third pass rusher when you get into sets where it's obvious passing downs and you can have him and Uchenna Nwosu and Joey Bosa all on the field at the same time to try to create some pass rush opportunities. Obviously, Brandon Staley likes to you know do a lot of that with his eagle front and having the defensive ends line up just inside of the tackles and creating a lot of space that way, but... The Chargers could definitely use some more talent. I mean, even a guy like Leonard Floyd, that's another guy who not only was a good pass rusher last year, not only did he have a lot of good success with Brandon Staley, but I think he was actually a very underrated run defender too. And having these guys in your front seven be able to be good run defenders in Brandon Staley's defense where he's setting things up so wonky sometimes, I think is really important. I think both of those guys could obviously be big helps for the Chargers defense. John, where are you going with a guy you like defensively? I'm going to go with Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. <clears throat> it's only I know, because typical, his name right? is Tomlinson. Whatever, David. Whatever. State the obvious. The, go ahead. Uh, everyone state the obvious. We all know what's going you on. You have a Danny Tomlinson tattoo. <laughs> 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 but this guy is a decent run defender, and he's played all 64 of his career games. So I was looking for guys that would play a lot just because in this – kind of situation we're going to need guys that that will be on the field and with Staley's new regime coming in you have to imagine that there's going to be less injuries possibly if he brings in his own medical team and trainers and staff so I want to take some guys that are going to play a lot I, there's a guy on my next defensive guy that's actually going to be a risk because of injury but with this one I picked a guy who plays a lot and can stuff the run I feel like he might be a slight upgrade on the defensive line and another guy that I'm going to say is not a long-term solution but enough to get you by till you can draft your future or even if you draft your future this year you give them a year to build up well and the thing is john part of the problem is you guys need who can be impact players on the interior of the defensive line right now 
because you don't necessarily know what you have in a guy like Jerry Tillery. Justin Jones hasn't shown any pass rush upside during his seasons with the Chargers, even though he's a young player. Limbaugh Joseph is coming off the only season in his career where he had zero sacks. So the Chargers need talent on the interior, and I do think that's an underrated need for them. I know, David, one of the guys you've talked about before is William Jackson, and I think one of the reasons that he would be a good fit for the Chargers specifically is his ability in man-to-man coverage. I mean, he's a very, very good man coverage defender. I've seen some people say he's a top five man coverage corner in the league. Some of the other parts of his game, he's not as good at. But the reason I think he'd be such a good fit for Brandon Staley, and I'm not saying he's Jalen Ramsey, but right now it's hard to trust Casey in man-to-man coverage or Chris Harris Jr. in man-to-man coverage. Michael Davis, you'd feel good about, but he hasn't played a ton of man-to-man in his career so far. If you bring in William Jackson, one of the things that lets you do is it lets you stick William Jackson out on the outside near the boundary to go one-on-one with the receiver, and that helps out the rest of your defense. Now the safety can come in and help on shorter stuff. He can lean more towards the middle of the field. He can jump more routes that way. The rest of the team doesn't have to really worry about that receiver anymore because you have a guy over there in man-to-man coverage. And Brandon Staley runs a lot of zone, but one of the things he did was he'd run zone with Jalen Ramsey being the only man-to-man defender on the outside, and it made everybody's life easier on the other side of him. So I think William Jackson, especially if the Chargers decide to cut someone like Casey Hayward, I think would be a really, really good fit in Brandon Staley's defense, and I think you'd let them do some unique things by being able to go man-on-man on the outside if he has to, and I think that's where he would really help the Chargers defense. David, who else do you want to touch on? Music to my ears, Daniel. I love to hear that out of you. William Jackson the third with Michael Davis on the other side. Hopefully that is younger and more athletic on the outside right away. I love it. So for me, the next guy that I'm going to talk about is a kind of a guy you would take a little bit of a flyer on, a little bit of a risk, just because he's been hot and cold in his career. He played for the Seattle Seahawks. His name is Shaquille Griffin. He is only 26 years old. He is a cornerback. And he's had some pretty good years. He's had some good years and some not-so-good years. That's why I said he's hot and cold. But this is a guy you can bring in who's going to bring some youth to the cornerback position, which we've already talked about multiple times on this show, that the Chargers have several corners over the age of 30. There's a huge drop-off in talent and ability when you get past Chris Harris Jr. and Casey Hayward. So the Chargers need to get younger. They need to bring in some more youth. Shaquille Griffin could come in and definitely help you with that aspect. And I don't think it would cost a lot of money. So you could get younger. And you could also, if you cut Casey Hayward, if you cut Chris Harris Jr., you get younger and you get cheaper as well yeah I do think he might cost a pretty penny just you know being the Seahawks best corner over the last few years it'll be interesting to see what that contract looks like and obviously at this point especially if they re-sign Michael Davis and don't cut one of those guys I mean probably a lot of these guys are off the table William Jackson's probably off the table but John who else do you want to touch on quickly before we wrap things up is another defensive free agent you'd like to see wearing lightning bolts in 2021 well, I had a lot of things I wanted to talk about on this one, but we're kind of running. I mean, hey, give me the best time. of. Well, because there was like a situation like, would you like to take a risk on Malik Hooker, for example? And then would you want to give Desmond King another chance? Would probably be the top two out of my list that I would have left to talk about. No. With Malik Hooker, he had another Achilles. He was another guy with another Achilles injury, but that's a thing of, do you take a risk on that? Because. I feel I feel even if he becomes healthy, he's still better than Rayshon Jenkins in my mind. And then with Desmond King, 
you need a corner and it's a guy that's familiar with the team, but now you'd be with Staley and his crew, so you're probably not going to be running constant cover three defense, so could he be more effective? I mean, I do think there's an argument to be had there. I mean, I just think that the you know, front office and Desmond King, it'd be hard to see them coming back together to try to get a deal, but... I think for him at this point in his career, he's going to try to get as much money as possible. I know he was hot and cold with the Titans too, so it's not like he just you know started playing way better once he was traded from the Chargers. But I do think Malik Hooker, especially if the Chargers you know don't think it's as much of a need as safety, they don't want to put a lot of money into the safety position. I do think Malik Hooker, not just because he was a guy I left coming out of Ohio State, would be an interesting guy to think about. I mean. There was a time where we thought he was going to be the Chargers' first-round pick that year, right? So Very true. I do think, yeah, I mean, it, he was a crazy ball hawk. Still has found himself around the ball, has had a lot of injuries so far in his young career, but definitely a guy I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on. But the Chargers have a lot of positions to fill, and we're, you know, getting closer and closer. I'm getting antsy, guys, to see how under Brandon Staley this team's free agency approach looks because I do think it will be different. And I'm very excited to see it. But that is going to wrap things up from today's show here from Kona, Hawaii. <laughs> we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. We're probably going to be getting into some bargain free agents and maybe some under-the-radar free agents the Chargers should be taking a look at. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. Make sure to like the Facebook page, LockedOnChargers, and give us a follow on Instagram at LockedOnChargers. Also, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you guys check in with us there and make sure you don't miss any of the shows. It's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show. We are going to do some voicemail soon. We had a lot of free agents to talk about this week, and obviously we missed a show because I'm out in Hawaii, but we will be getting to your guys' voicemails, I promise. The number is 323-524-7924 if you guys want to talk about some free agency or even some draft stuff. We'd be happy to get into it, but... We'll be back with you guys tomorrow, I promise. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.